Becomes freed. From all kinds of actions resulting from fruitive activities 
a devotee who rises early in the morning and with folded hands chants these prayers sung by Lord Shiva and gives facility to others to hear them certainly becomes free from all bondage to fruitive activities. Hmm. Purport. Mukti. Can you just turn it? This is a little bit too much on the. too loud actually. That's okay. It's still a bit too loud. It's, it's, it's got just a little too much reverb. That's good. Mukti or liberation means becoming free from the results of fruitive activities. As stated in Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 2, Chapter 10, 10 6, Mukti Hidvanyata Rupam. Swarupena Okay. Mukti means giving up all other activities and being situated in one's constitutional position. Prabhupada finishes it off here. Swarupena Vyavastiti. In this conditional state, we are entangled by one fruitive activity after another. Karma bandhana means the bonds of fruitive activity. As long as one's mind is absorbed in fruitive activities, he has to manufacture plans for happiness. The bhakti yoga process is different. For bhakti yoga means acting according to the order of the supreme authority. When we act under the direction of supreme authority, we do not become entangled by fruitive results. For instance, Arjuna fought because the Supreme Personality of Godhead wanted him to. Therefore, he was not responsible for the outcome of the fighting. As far as devotional service is concerned, even hearing and chanting is as good as acting with our body, mind and senses. Actually, hearing and chanting are also activities of the senses. When the senses are utilised for one's own sense gratification, they entangle one in karma. But when they are used for the satisfaction of the Lord, they establish one in bhakti. I'm going to read the last verse. It's a very, very short purport, but appropriate. Gita mayedam Naradeva Nandanaha Parasya Pumsa Paramatmana Stavam Japanta Ekagradiya Stapo Mahat Charadvam Ante Tata Apsyate Pshitam My dear sons of the king, 
The prayers I have recited to you are meant for pleasing the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the Super Soul. I advise you to recite these prayers, which are as effective as great austerities. In this way, when you are mature, your life will be successful and you will certainly achieve all your desired objectives without fail. Purport. If we persistently engage in devotional service, certainly all our desires will be fulfilled in the course of time, in due course of time. Thus in the Bhaktivedanta purports of the fourth canto, 24th chapter of the Srimad Bhagavatam, entitled Chanting the Song Sung by Lord Shiva. Timirandasya Yananjana Salakaya Chachurun Militam Jena Tasmae Sri Guru De Namaha Sri Chaitanya Manobishtam Stalpitam Jena Bhutale Svayam Rupa Kadamahayam Tadatisva Padantikam Mukam Karoti Vachalam Pankam Gayate Girim Yakri Patamam Mande Sri Gurum Dinatavinam The process of bhakti is um, Actually, very simple. Um, one doesn't have to give up uh, his position. Uh, one doesn't have to change one's position um, in order to be effective in practicing bhakti. In other words, come as you are. Uh, um, Each one of us will have a natural propensity to act. But as Prabhupada points out here, if that action is, uh, if the impetus for that action, if the cause or the, the purpose of that action is for sense gratification, then there'll be reactions. Uh, this is the law of karma. If you, karma generally means uh, good, pious activities. But even pious activities, when they're performed for the purpose of sense gratification, have a reaction. Everything that we do will be the cause of some future response or reaction by the material energy. Of course, the material energy is working under Krishna's direction. Uh, uh, so, so, uh, but but the but the prop, the process of bhakti is rather unique. It's we. It's not that we give up what we're doing already. 
Because generally speaking, you can't anyway. Right? This is why Krishna says to Arjuna, uh, what will repression accomplish? Right? If we try to do things differently or against what is our intrinsic nature, our natural propensity to act, then despite uh, trying to uh, um, resist the natural urges that will exist within all of us, they'll, they'll come out anyway. What will repression accomplish? We will have to act. So the key to bhakti is rather than acting for the purpose of fulfilling our sense gratification, we act for the purpose of fulfilling Krishna's making Krishna happy rather than making ourselves happy. Now, that doesn't mean then it's not like some form of abnegation or some form of torture. You know, there are, there are, Christ, Christ, there are sects of uh, devotional sects S-E-C-T-S who, who um, uh, follow the practice of uh, you could call it flagellation. Have you heard of flagellation? Flagellation. It means self-punishment. Right? They'll, 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 they'll do things like wear shirts made out of hair. The hair of an animal. And very uncomfortable. Right? So this idea of Performing penances, even you know, there are the, the 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 pictures of the beds made of nails. Right, so, so making things uncomfortable for yourself as a form of purification. Right? Have you heard of these things? Flagellation. Nobody seems to know what the word flagellation means. What does it say? <laughs> yeah, religious discipline. <laughs> you see an example in um, in Malaysia, they do this thing where they stick hooks in, and pull the, the rathka of um, Murugan, isn't it? Katikaya. So there's this notion that, you know, um, for purification, one has to perform austerities and penance. Uh, you see this, right? Standing in a ring of fire. Standing in a ring of, yeah. Sitting in a ring of fire in the summertime and then sitting on a nice block in the wintertime. Yeah. Many saints, uh, Christian saints as well, but while they were praying, just Yeah, that's flagellation. Yeah. I'm such a sinner. I deserve to be punished. Okay, none of that for the devotees. <laughs> we do perform austerities. Right? The idea is we wake up early, as is recommended here by Lord Shiva. Get up early, that's an austerity. Right? Not so difficult, austerity, but it is an austerity. Um, we, were in, um, we were in Adelaide on the weekend and... Um, uh, watching the ABC TV and they have an advertisement for the morning, the presenter of the morning breakfast show. Right? 
And she she made she very she gives a very interesting uh, um, uh, hint or tip for devotees because she has to rise very early in the morning. And she says, what you've got to do is just get your legs over the side of the bed and get your feet on the floor and then keep them moving. <laughs> right, so this is the trick. The trick for waking up early in the morning, get your feet on the floor and keep them moving. Right? So that's, how, that's one of our austerities. Uh, you know, austerities in chanting japa. Right? This is considered to be an austerity. Instead of sleeping, we should be chanting. Huh? Of course, you've got to go to bed early and get a good night's sleep to then chant. So, you know, these are some of our austerities. These are the austerities that we perform. Or, or, or um, uh, the four rules and regulations. Right? No meat eating, no gambling, no intoxication, no illicit sex. These are also considered austerities. And if there are austerities to, to be performed, then um, giving others an opportunity to know about themselves, who they are, what the process of self-realisation is, how to re-establish our relationship with God. This, these are... These are the austerities that are performed by the bhakti yogis. Uh, the Sankirtan mission. This, this is, these are our austerities. We don't have to perform. Uh, and, and, and devotees will naturally have a propensity to engage in those activities. But regardless of what activities we are uh, inclined to perform, as a result of our conditioning, we take those activities and we dovetail them in Krishna's service. So, and by so doing, one then achieves liberation. So Prabhupada makes this point. Uh, that one doesn't have to give up anything. In other words, one doesn't have to give up one's occupation. One doesn't have to leave home. Uh, one doesn't have to perform uh, uh, fruitive activities nor, pi- uh, nor perform austerities. One simply has to perform the activities that they're already do- doing with a shift of consciousness. The consciousness is what needs to be shifted. So that instead of performing uh, activities for our own personal benefit, personal sense gratification, we perform those activities with the aim of pleasing um, Krishna. This is the subtle shift, that's re- very subtle shift that's required, a change of consciousness. Why Prabhupada calls our society, the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. Right? Why Prabhupada calls it the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. Because if you associate with the devotees and, and, and spend time with the devotees, then what happens? Almost imperceptibly, what happens? You start thinking about Krishna. You start talking about Krishna. You, you become a devotee. 
Prabhupada gives the definition. The definition of a demon is somebody who just pursues, pursues sense gratification. And when you mention Krishna and serving Krishna, they get upset and angry. Huh? We used to see it on... Sometimes you see it. Not very often these days, but sometimes you... We used to see it a lot on Harinam. The Harinam party is going down the street. And the devotees are chanting loudly, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. And then somebody would hear the Harinam party, they're walking down Swanson Street, and then they go, they cover their ears with their hands and they start shouting and yelling and screaming. This is a good indication of a demon. I used to... I used to wonder how the devotees could work out who was a demon and who wasn't. We'd be driving in a Sankatan van going downstairs, down to downtown. And then one of the devotees would say, oh, look at that guy, he's a real demon. And I think, how does he work out he's a real demon or not? How do you know? <laughs> Couldn't see any visible indication. But there are indications of a demon. Even you may find some of these qualifications in yourself. Well, certainly I do. You know, there's... There's a, a, a tendency to not want to glorify Krishna and a tendency towards sense gratification. These are the symptoms. Not all of the symptoms, but certainly indications. Whereas the devotee, you associate with the devotees, then what happens? One naturally likes to enjoy, likes to glorify Krishna and enjoys glorifying Krishna. Right? Uh, uh, the process of bhakti is so potent and so powerful it's, it's, it's mentioned uh, in another chapter of this um, canto the Bhagavatam how bhakti is imperceptibly it, it dissolves the, that sense of false ego imperceptibly so imperceptibly we become devotees in the association of devotees and engaged in these um, various types of activities. Right, so Prabhupada says here, mukti means giving up all other activities and being situated in one's constitutional position. So that's what the, the process of bhakti dissolves this ahankara or identification with the body and it reveals our spiritual identity. So powerful is the process of, of bhakti. It, 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 its simplicity or its... Uh, um, yeah, its simplicity covers, if you like, the immense potency that the practice of bhakti has. You know, it's the means by which we achieve self Realization. What, would, what took tens of thousands of years in the Satya Yuga by meditation, what took uh, thousands of years in, in uh, uh, what's the next year? Treta Yuga, right? What took hundreds of years can be done in 100 years or less. You know, how, many, how many people live to 100 these days? Nobody. 60, 70, 80. Right? But in that short period of time, if one uh, practices the process of bhakti, and specifically the chanting of Hare Krishna, then one can achieve the most elevated platform of self-realization. 
And because it's simple, it's, it's, it is not very complicated to, to do, then, then it, it's kind of disregarded or not taken seriously or not really appreciated. So, uh, when we act in such a way and give up our attachment to fruitive activities, but instead offer the results of what we are now already doing to Krishna without a personal motivation, then one gradually, gradually, gradually will come to this point of uh, uh, freedom from bondage to the uh, fruitive activities, the results of our fruitive activities performed in, in, in past lifetimes. And not only that, also the, the, the results of the bad karma as well will be dissolved. And then Prabhupada gives the example of Arjuna. Arjuna, uh, actually it was Arjuna who wanted to change. He wanted to be a renunciate, effectively, right? Prabhupada says, Arjuna was more or less arguing, I should go and live in a forest, Right? But after Arjuna was um, uh, convinced by Krishna, after hearing the Bhagavad Gita, uh, he was given a choice, what do you want to do? And he, he, he chose to follow Krishna's instructions. And as, as, as a result, even though he was a Chatriya and he killed tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, of soldiers on the battlefield of Kurukshetra. He's glorified for that activity. Right? He didn't give up his natural propensity to act. He used that natural propensity to act under Krishna's guidance and went on to uh, win the, the battle of Kurukshetra, even against insurmountable <coughs> odds. So... Uh, when one performs one's duties with a, a, a determination to give, to, to, to do that for Krishna, then one need not worry about the outcome. And one need not worry about the reactions to those activities because those activities performed for Krishna's pleasure are actually... Uh, Muchate karma bandhanaha. One gets freed from the reactions of one's past deeds by the performance of bhakti, by the performance of devotional service. And and uh, um, how to perform that those activities is mentioned here. Pranjali swadayang vitaha. So one should be respectful to the process of bhakti. Swadayan vitaha. Now that's interesting. Uh, Prabhupada translates this, or this is translated as with faith and devotion. Swadha. Anvitaha. Being absorbed. Srinuyat. Personally. Hearing and chanting. And then, interestingly, Shravayet, getting others to do the same thing. Right? Getting others. This is our 
preaching mission. We understand the benefits of performing bhakti, so naturally, if you know, if you've been to a, a, a good party, then on Monday morning when you go to work, you tell your friends about it. Right? I remember when I was a, a kid at school, we didn't have television. My dad didn't like televisions. He said, television rots your brains. Huh? We used to have to go, we used to, my father used to, every Tuesday evening, my dad, after school, my dad, when he came home from school, we'd hop in the car and we'd drive down to the library and we withdrew books. No television. But I remember my friends would come to school the next morning and then they talk about what they, what they watched on television the night before. Huh? You know, there was a, there was a comedy show, uh, which I've forgotten now. But anyway, my friends would come in, and I used to feel like I'd missed out. <laughs> missed out. I didn't get to watch the television last night. Because I don't think it did me any harm. So, uh, it's natural. You, have a, you see something on the television, or you go to a party, or you, know, you, you, you do something that's enjoyable, exciting... And, and you want to talk about it. So similarly, also the devotees, we uh, enjoy chanting Hare Krishna. We enjoy hearing the Bhagavatam with respect and, and uh, um, appreciation, faith and devotion being absorbed in. And we enjoy that. And so naturally, we want to tell others about it and get them also engaged so that they can appreciate the same... Uh, 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 um, uh, feelings of satisfaction and happiness and um, uh, peace, peacefulness. Biology. So, so uh, um, it's mentioned here that those who give others an opportunity to hear about Krishna, to engage in devotional service, then they're also uh, freed from the reactions of their past karma. Muchate karma bandhanai. So, uh, when we engage our Kamana, Manasa, Gira, our actions, Prabhupada mentions here, our thoughts, Manasa, Gira, our speech, uh, what is it? Hare Dasye, Kamana, Manasa, Gira, Nikolas Vatyavastasu, Jivan Mukta, Sa Ujjate. This is a symptom of a Jivan Mukta. A liberated jiva. Their actions, their thoughts, iha yasya hare dasye karmana manasagira nikolas vapyavastastu jivan mukta sauchate. So, actions, thoughts, words, all engaged in serving uh, the Lord, such a person is considered to be. Liberated. 
very, very fortunate and very, very attractive because what are the, you know, the symptoms of a devotee are that they're very peaceful. They're very happy. They're undisturbed even in the greatest calamity. They remain uh, fixed and equipoised. Right? And they don't disturb others. Um, others are pleased to see them, just to see a devotee. They... You know, you see the devotees walking and, and there'll be birds on the street, you know, the magpies or the um, uh, pigeons, or what, especially the pigeons around here, right? Now, normally those birds won't go near people, right? But with the devotees, they're completely relaxed. Right? Devotees just walk by and they just sit there. They're not, well, they know the devotees are not going to attack them. We feed them. Well, actually, they get fed so full they can't even fly. Practically. <laughs> uh, they, become, they become very peaceful and happy too. <laughs> But this, you know, that, that, although some people are, uh, are fearful of the devotees, I know when I go for my Japa walk in the morning, many people will just say, hi, hello, how's it going? Even there's a few people around here who say, Hare Krishna, <laughs> in Albert Park. And uh, there are some people who look at you and then they, they're embarrassed. Because <laughs> that means they don't really know, they, they're ignorant. They just don't know the devotees. But you know, the end result of, um, of engaging in this, the, the process of bhakti is that the devotees become very, very peaceful, very, very happy. Susukam katam abhyayam. Right? Susukam. Prabhupada says, uh, you know, the measure of a devotee is he's happy. Should be happy. Of course, at the same time, grave, right? Because our business is, it's not easy business. And, and there's always challenges. So there's a certain amount of gravity in the character of a devotee, but at the same time, very peaceful and very happy. Very satisfied. Because right? that's the natural, the natural res- result of performing devotional service is that these natural good qualities that exist within all of us Come out because the the dross or the the gross the the, um, the 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 material elements are purified by the performance of, of bhakti and the unwanted qualities the un, unwanted unwanted um, uh, characteristics and qualities of a person. Um, that it more or less come about as a result of too much association with the mode of passion, uh, which is degraded then into ignorance. The process of bhakti naturally elevates a person to the mode of goodness, just naturally. And a symptom of goodness is peacefulness. Uh, Satisfaction. So... um, uh, when we engage our senses, our 
actions, our thoughts, our words in Krishna's service, then gradually, and, and with these qualifications, right, with uh, respect for the process. You know, we can't expect the process of bhakti to work if we say don't avoid the offences. Right? Have to avoid the offences in chanting Hare Krishna and the offence, the seva apparats. Because if we don't do that, then the process of bhakti won't work. Huh? So one has to be uh, careful about, uh, respectful to the process of bhakti and apply it properly. But otherwise we won't get the result. Or we'll get an opposite result. We won't be happy. So you know, if we're not happy as a consequence of performing our bhakti, then that means that we're not doing it properly. So we have to be very respectful and faithful to the process. Sraddha. Sraddhayam vitaha. Being absorbed in the process with faith and devotion. Um. Then we'll be surprised. We'll be surprised at the results that we get. We will. What do you... Muktir hit vanyatam rupam via asvarupena via vastiti. But the performance of bhakti will be automatically elevated into uh, an understanding of who we are, and we'll, we'll be free from the, free from the material conception of life. We'll be situated in our original Krishna conscious uh, position. This is what happens if one follows practices the process of bhakti uh, according to uh, the, the recommendations by persons like Lord Shiva. Um, Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita, Lord Chaitanya in the Sikshastakam, Rupa Goswami in his writings and teachings. Um, the, the elevated status of a devotee is not that difficult to achieve if one follows the process, if one knows the process and then follows it. And isn't it, it's nice what, what Prabhupada says here in this last purport. If we personally engage in devotional service with these, you know, with these qualifications, what was it? Respectful, absorbed in faith and devotion, chanting and hearing and gets others, gets others to do it, right? then uh, one becomes free from all bondage. And here Prabhupada says, if we persistently engage in devotional service, certainly all our desires will be fulfilled in due course of time. So there's hope for us. Does anybody have any comments or questions? On any of these points. Yes, I'm on. Probably, uh, you were telling uh, about that uh, once natural Varna, like you take the example of Baba, you know, Arjuna, so he was already uh, you know, an expert in his Varna, and Krishna used his expertise in his service. Yes. Now, uh, if we see. And it was very clear what that was. Exactly. And uh, if you see, Ashram here, devotees can figure out the ashram, you know, in terms of their 
can they? Some of them don't, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> this is, remember, everything is prefaced by the fact that we're living in Kali Yuga. And so everything is absolutely upside down. But you yeah, go on. So again, uh, so it may take time for one to figure out his natural uh, one or uh, his inclination or something. Yeah. And then you see, see also that we do activities on because of an authority. So if you see, you just go this path that you just do the activity on behalf of authority and Krishna space and you continue, or you just want to work out your varna and then see how you are comfortable with that and then use the Krishna service. Okay, dilemma. The dilemma is who am I? Right? And how do I work out who I am, what my natural propensity is, uh, uh, under the auspices of an authority, of a higher authority? Right. Right, that's a good question. You know, one of the first elements, the first items of bhakti is, is... what? Who knows? Rupa Goswami's 64 items of devotional service. What's the first? Guru Pad Asraya. One has to take shelter of somebody who can instruct and guide. Right? One, one won't make progress unless one can find someone who they feel is superior to them. Prabhupada says, one cannot think of the guru as being inferior in any way. Well, a class that I've been listening to recent couple of times, I've listened to it by mistake. But I'm glad I heard it again. Uh, so, one needs a guide, right? And somebody who's obviously more advanced. Um, and uh, who one respects. And then um, one needs to then take uh, shelter of that person and then follow their instructions, their guidance, right? So, um, um, it is interesting, you know, because we say, oh, you don't have to give anything up, right? Um, but for some of us there is a, a question is it my you know there are those of us who are attracted to temple living and, and which is ostensibly a Brahminical culture right and, and we're living in you know no man's land very often until we meet the devotees. And we're not sure. We're not sure. Um, <laughs> we, we, uh, we went to my brother's place. Um, you drive down Unley Road. And every time we go past this little shopping centre, there's a, a laundrette there. And a teacher ever says to me, do you remember the three hours that we spent here deciding what we were going to do? <laughs> Where we, are we going to live in the temple or are we going to live out? What are we? You know, what? What is our occupational duty? In other words, because we didn't think of it like that. We, we, we wanted to be devotees, but we weren't living in the temple. 
And if you didn't live in the temple, you were a devotee. <laughs> At least in those days. That was, a, that was the notion, the idea. So there are some of us who are faced with that, you know, with that challenge. What is my natural propensity? Should I continue my job as a telecommunications expert or shall I uh, join the temple and become a communications expert in another way? Right? <laughs> the preach, a preacher. So how do we, you know, there's, there's points where we have to decide that. Or, you know, uh, I'm a householder, I've got my occupation, um, how do I engage all of that, my family, uh, family's activities, in devotional service, and at the same time maintain my day job? Huh? So the first step is to find a spiritual pastor, effectively, who has enough experience to help us who had not enough experience, must be experienced in guiding the devotees so that they can balance the um, our, what do we call it, varna and ashrama duties with our Krishna conscious duties. So um, we can do them simultaneously it can be done simultaneously. It doesn't have to be, oh, hang on a second, I'll just put aside my um, devotional service while I work out what my uh, vana is. Right. It can be done. And in fact, it's better that it's done simultaneously or you know, collaboratively because, as, as, as Prabhupada always mentions, actually you don't have to change anything. If you're naturally in, you know, inclined to work in a particular way and you're a householder, then better to stick to your occupational duty that you've already done the training, you're, you're, you've had the support of your family, your parents, your brothers and sisters, your whole community to pursue a particular course of action. And if, that's your, if you're naturally inclined to do that, then keep doing that and, and engage within your ashram you know, uh, responsibilities as well. There will be some devotees whose natural propensity will be to just give all of that up and want to live in an ashram, right? And be able to live simply enough, even if they're a householder, to pursue those activities and that'll be their natural propensity. And they should be encouraged also, right? Not everybody will do that, but um, for those who have that natural inclination, we should encourage them to do it. And in any case, even if one decides, you know, oh, okay, uh, living in the ashram and being a, a, a preacher is not for me, there's usually no loss. Huh? No loss. What do you think? Which one? He doesn't mention about the Varnashram as a prerequisite for devotional service or No, you just have to chant. Here and chant. Varna and Ashrama is, according to Lord Chaitanya, superfluous. Secondary. Secondary. Right. But, and, and, and so that's an interesting that you brought that up. Interesting that you bring that up. 
There are what we might call um, um, there are there are essential elements of bhakti that we must apply, right? And there are supportive elements that, in and of themselves, are not bhakti, pure bhakti, but are supportive of bhakti and should be embraced or, you know. Uh, taken advantage of. And so the Varnashram system supports bhakti. But in and of itself, the Varnashram system by itself can also be not bhakti. Does that make sense? So, you know, we see with personalities like Bali Maharaj, you know, who was a proponent of Varnashram, but it, it, it was... At least, you know, when he before he became before his devotional qualities were manifest, he's he and oh, no, Sukracharya is the example, right? Somebody who enforces or um, teaches the Vana and Ashram system, but actually in defiance of Lord Vishnu, almost, right? Bali Maharaj, why is Bali Maharaj famous? What's one of the reasons why Bali Maharaj is famous? Huh? Well, yes, apart from that. Yes, he's the, he's the, 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 the premier, the, the prime example of Atmani Vedana. But how did that manifest? How did that come about? What was the characteristic that he had as a king in relationship to the Brahmanas, what did he do? Generous. Uh, he was generous. He was generous. He gave in charity. He gave in charity. Uh, he just happened to give in charity to the wrong person. <laughs> At least according to Sukracharya's principles, right? Don't give it to him. He'll take everything. One of the reasons why people are scared about surrendering to Krishna because they know if I surrender to Krishna, he's going to take everything. Huh? The interesting thing is, though, Krishna may take everything, but he will also give it back. Right? He'll give it back. We think we're giving things up, and oh, it's so painful, it's so hard. But then we give it up, and then Krishna just gives it back 20 times more. So Prabhupada always gives the example, you know. Uh, with your two hands, how can you uh, um, not have things taken away from you by somebody who's got ten hands, right? or at least four, and sometimes more? Right? But then with your two hands, what can you accept when he gives back? He'll give much, much more back than what, you've ever sur- what we've ever surrendered. But anyway, so uh, the Vanashram system it supports bhakti but um, isn't essential for bhakti and so we get that uh, that, that uh, statement by Lord Chaitanya where he when when, when um, uh, Ramananda Roy is introducing all of these principles Lord Chaitanya doesn't accept it until he says you know, wherever you are, whoever you are, whatever you're doing, you need to take up the process of 
hearing and chanting, basically. Right? That's the essential, these are the essential elements of bhakti. And so therefore, you know, um, Prabhupada, in, in, in the beginning of establishing, uh, you know, the Krishna consciousness movement, he just got people to hear and chant. Right? Didn't matter what, ashram or whatever. Any other comments? Questions? Yes. Yeah, we say throughout in this way is that that one has to faithfully follow and chant his prayers. And he's also saying we have to give facility to others. So yes. So yeah. is it like that? we need to make sure they have some kind of material things in the set? Material things. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I'm not sure of the background of this, you know, but uh, Radhikanda was asking Chicharupa, do we provide prasadam for the uh, Tuesday Harinam party? Right? <laughs> right? I guess the idea is, is, you know, if we're cooking donuts and pizza, and <laughs> we'll get a big crowd turned up for the Harinam party, right? So, um, do we entice people and yes, we do. Right? But do we, do we create a material facility for people to come? What will happen is, if there's not a sincere enough motivation in a person, they'll take advantage of the facility and it'll just become sense gratification. Right? So, um, By the same token, we should make people comfortable right? so they can hear and chant. So on the one hand, Krishna provides us with a very, very nice facility so that we can um, easily uh, follow the process of bhakti. Right? So Krishna gives us a facility, but the facility should be used purely for the purpose of serving rather than taking advantage of the facility and using it for sense gratification. Right? So, um, how to encourage others and engage others is a, is a, is a subtle science. Right? And... Um, You know, we have a, a situation in Sydney, for example, where we have a movie theatre. Right? And the voters get criticised. Well, you've got a movie theatre. You know, this is all mundane. Right? But of course, anybody who comes to the movie theatre gets to eat prasadam. Right? And then they get to read Prabhupada's books. So it's like... Whoa! Okay, right? It's preaching. It's a it's a way um, to attract people, right? We're not going to go to the movies, right? But these people come. We do yoga, yoga studio. We have a yoga studio. What are we interested in yoga for? Huh? Well, maybe to keep healthy. 
But we do yoga not because we want to become yogis, you know, pranayama, etc. But rather it's, it's an opportunity to attract people so that they can take prasadam and chant Hare Krishna, isn't it? So, um, what does Prabhupada say? You judge. What's that? There's a. Um, you judge the results of an action by the fruit. And what, what is it? Falina, Padachinyate, or something like that? Yeah. So, you know, we have a, a feast and people come. But why do we do that? Why did Prabhupada design the, the, the love feast? <laughs> love feast. And you know, we have actually you know, we have people who come to the temple and they bring their you know, we've got our canister adhikaris. <laughs> they come to the temple and then what do they do? We feed them and then they fill up their boxes or their you know, their plastic boxes or their paper plates. And they take them away. Huh? They're distributing it for others. Yeah, I used to say that. Oh, I'll give me an extra plate. I'll take it home to my friends. This is the Sunday feast. But you know, halfway on the way home, I'd already eaten it. <laughs> I love prasadam. You know, that was the prasadam is the is is the. Uh, Cream de la cream. You know, we, we're chanting Hare Krishna and we're doing, we, we're studying and, and serving, but the real nectar was prasadam time. Rasa, it's good to see you sitting there. You were away for too long. Yeah. I just wanted to say about the Karina part. I don't think they asked for the prasadam. I think people they got inspired by seeing them how much dedicated they were. They were going for hours almost every day before I realized so I don't know what the situation is now. Yeah. But they were really amazing, even in the, in the rain, in the cold, in mm, yeah. even very dedicated. Even we had festivals here, we were feasting and they were somewhere uh, on Harinam. So I think more. We're the Harinam party wallers. Rah, rah, rah. They're really amazing. I will, I will, I'm, I'm really inspired by them. We don't do mundane things like celebrate at the temple. <laughs> Got to be careful about that one. But anyway, yes, you're right. They are very dedicated. But, you know, we've got crossways and we've got go pulse. So, why not do what everybody else does and goes to crossways and go pulse if you need something to eat rather than expect a takeaway from the temple? What do you reckon? Maybe it's going to die of starvation around here. And especially not in the city if you're going on hurrying arms. But anyway, we're going to investigate it further, find out what's behind what's what's happening see the other day they had a a birthday party where Chincharipa cooked donuts and pizzas so I guess that's what they're expecting (laughs) I'd go on Harinam too (laughs) 
Yep. So the devotees are engaged in preaching and the preaching sometimes in order to attract people one needs to be a little um, innovative and uh, that innovation may uh, be at first misunderstood because it is innovative, it's different, it's new. And um, one looks to, you know, like in any, in the activities of any devotee, one needs to look at the motivation. What's the purpose? What's the, what's the impetus for their action? And sometimes that impetus or that, per, that it may not be immediately obvious. Right? may not be immediately obvious. But we can we can usually judge the 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 um, result the, the the action by the result. Okay, I think we should finish here. Another question. Oh, yeah. I mean, many temples like Los Angeles provide transport from the temple to the Harinam spot, so that many devotees can provide at the same time. Yes, we do. It's called the tram. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> it's pretty hard. You walk down there, you get on the tram, you're in the city, you don't have to pay for parking, it's cheaper, it's quicker. Yeah. But yes, I've been on Harinam with the Los Angeles devotees and they do take you down to Venice Beach, which is a weird, one of the weirdest places on earth because it's got all the weirdos. Of course, we've got weirdos too. <laughs> Everybody's a weirdo. Okay. Gautra Shimad Bhagavatam Kijai. Gaurav Akta Vinna Kijai. Jela Prabhupada Kijai.